God bless you. Uh, we'll start Grace students again next week as we come out of the holidays. They'll go back downstairs for, for Grace students. I, I have a word. Um, uh, this week and next week will be a prophetic word. Not that the messages aren't, but this will be an intent. Uh, normally what I do the first or second Sunday of every new year is try to give a prophetic word. Janie and I have coffee uh, every uh, morning. Uh, after breakfast, we go into uh, our living room or family room and we sit and talk. And I read a devotion. Sometimes it's out of a book. Sometimes it's the Bible. Sometimes it's off my phone on one of the apps. And then we'll pray. Uh, she prays uh, one day. I pray the next day. And we pray over needs. We'll have people in our church. We'll text and say, hey, I'm having a big test. Or, hey, I'm having a, you know, I'm going to the doctor. Or, hey, I've heard this or this, you know, this in my life. And we'll pray. We'll call out people's names and uh, one day a few weeks ago while Janie was praying, I, I just, for some reason, I kind of checked out for a moment. I said, Lord, I, I need a word. I need a word for, for 2024. And instantly, just, just like that, he said, overflow, overflow. Man, that's a great word, overflow. So I started to study on overflow. And I, 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 I have a couple things I, I want to tell you as far as overflow uh, goes because it's kind of, you know, sometimes we look at overflow as a bad connotation. It's like overflowing the sink or overflowing the tub or overflowing the river or the creek bed. And we think of flooding. And But this overflow is a spiritual thing from God. And it can be spiritual. It can be financial. It can be mental, emotional, relational. It can be restorational. It can be all those things combined. God wants to overflow in your life. And we'll talk a little bit about that today and next week. But I think what happens when we look at overflow is if you look at a young child, maybe you have, a, in our case, a grandchild that maybe runs through the house with a cup of water uh, that doesn't have a lid on it. Maybe they're spilling that water. That's not really overflow. That's, that's waste, okay? So what I want you to do and be mindful of in 2024 is, is sometimes people run here and they run there and they run this place and that place and, and they say they're getting filled up. But I think in, in, in this case, what the Lord's showing me is it's more coming in faithfully week in, week out and receiving what God has for you. God will have a word for you each week that you'll grow on, okay? Uh, professional athletes want to grow 1% of the time. Sometimes in the church world, we want to grow 80% of the time. And sometimes that's just not possible. God wants to grow you, and he grows you slowly. It's just like when we give. Sometimes that planting of the seed, it takes a little while for the for the root to take place and for the stem and then the stalk and then the, the ear of corn and the husk and, and all the fruit that takes place. And so if, you're, if, if you would make it a point, if you belong to Grace Church or are thinking about coming to Grace Church, come faithfully. Come faithfully and invite somebody and then join a ministry team or a small group of some sort. Why is that? Because that will help you to grow. That will help you to overflow in your life. And so when the cup sits there in the sink or in the water basin and it gets filled up, it starts to overflow. And Janie and I were talking about it just the other day and she kept saying the, the vessel. It's, and it's true that there's a vessel and we have to, we have to be a vessel of honor. In fact, that's the word she used that, uh, that we 
see in the scriptures is if we become vessels of honor, part of that honor is commitment. Part of that honor is faithfulness. Part, part of that honor is being steady, okay? And so if you had a jar, maybe, you, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll dig in the backyard and you'll see an old jar or a can or something. If you, if you take that jar but don't clean it and put clean water in it, it contaminates the water, right? And so we got to make sure that our vessel is clean so that good things come in. If good things come in, then good things come out, right? And so there's a vessel there. So I would, I would pray my prayer for you not only is overflow, but you'll be a vessel of honor committed to the Lord so that you can overflow with good things. See, we, we, when we evangelize, it's not good for us to beat people over the head with the Bible and tell them they're going to sin, die, and go to hell. It's better that we love them with the word of God. Show them the way with the word of God. Show them that Jesus is love. And by the way, Grace Church is for all people. Why is that? Because Luke 2 and 10, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, came for all people. I mean, it's simply biblical. And so, But like everybody, each of us has things in our life that God is cleaning out day by day, right? Or maybe year by year. And so as we talk about overflow, it'll be a two-part sermon this week and next, and however I end up this today. We'll pick it up next week. But I want you to think overflow. It's, it's biblical, all right? Uh, scriptures are full of the word overflow. In fact, Psalms 23, verse 5, he anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows, all right? Running over, same difference. So when we understand the anointing, that's that vessel of honor. So then I start to empty out, God fills me up with him. The more I get of God, the less I have of me, the more overflow I have in my life. And so Let's pray, then we'll read a couple scriptures and I'll, I'll give you some notes. Normally I don't preach off my notes as hard as I will today, but uh, it's a prophetic word and I need to get it right. Father, thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you for this, this people. Thank you for this body. We pray overflow in their lives, Father, Lord, uh, financially, uh, physically. Uh, spiritually, relationally. Lord, let, give them to overflow, Father, Lord. Let, it be, let them be good vessels of honor. And let us open, open your word to us today that we can hear it and receive it. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, amen. Revelations 3.8, one scripture there, then we'll go to Isaiah for a minute. I know your works. Uh, Jesus is telling the church of Philadelphia and he's speaking it this way, but I believe it's a word today. And I believe it's more of a word of encouragement as it was instruction back then. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door. Let's stop there for a moment. God has an open door for each and every one of you. Now, Prophecy is this way. Look at Israel in the Old Testament. When the king was good and they received the word from the prophet, Israel was blessed. When the king was bad and he would reject the prophet or there was no prophet in the land at the time, then Israel went south. They, there was, they were no good. The pro prophetic word is the same today. If you receive a prophetic word, then God's blessings will be open to you. If you say, hey, I don't believe in prophecy, that prophecy is not for me, this is no good, whatever, then that's your, you have a right to think that, but you're withholding God's best in your life 
my opinion. I believe it's biblical in that realm. Here he says, and before you, I hold an open door. And by the way, no one's able to shut it. And so as we walk into a new year, we cross a new threshold. Know this, that I believe prophetically speaking, God is opening a door for many of you to walk through that you've never walked through before. And there's an overflow attached to that. And if you receive that, then you can start looking for the overflow in your life. You'll see the 1%. Again, tomorrow may not be any different than today, but you grow upon today, tomorrow. Then you grow upon the second after the first and the third after the second. Every day we grow in a different way and means. I know that you have but little power in and of ourselves. We have little power. All of our power, all of our might, all of our strength comes from the Lord. So we walk in that fullness. We walk in that faithfulness. And yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. This is powerful because if we keep his word, right, we understand there's an open door and not deny the name of the Lord. Listen, just Jesus' name is so powerful that every demon in hell shakes just when you say the name Jesus. Can we just say Jesus for a moment? Say Jesus. Say again, Jesus. One more time, Jesus. So every demon in hell shakes when you just cry out the name of Jesus. Sometimes that's all we can say. We don't even know how to pray. Just shout out the name of Jesus or quietly under your breath say, Jesus, would you help me? There's power in that name. Let's go to Isaiah 43. We read this one a lot this time of the year. Remember not the former things. Again, as we cross into a new year, you don't have to let last year's past uh, burden you. You don't need to let it harm you or bother you. You don't need to let people bring up things that you've done that you know are under the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to remember not those things, nor consider the things of old. Verse number 19 says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Turn to somebody and say, you're a new thing. You're a new thing. God's doing a new thing in you. This is, listen, this is important. This is important because if you're not a new creature in Christ Jesus, and by the way, new creature in Christ Jesus is both instantaneous and progressive. So we're a new creature in Christ Jesus, but God knows the end from the beginning, so now we're progressing to be a new creature. So when I'm new in Christ, my I have a new mindset, I have a new heart, but I'm still learning. There's still a process there, okay? And as that process makes me continue to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it or receive it or know it? Those are three translations right there. Do you not know it? Do you not see it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So what God is telling us here in the scripture as far as overflow, and by the way, if you read the rest of that uh, chapter, it does go into overflow so that when God looks at you and he says, hey, I'm going to do a new thing in your life, I'm, I'm I'm moving forward, you start to look for the new thing knowing that overflow is taking place. Then I'm looking for overflow in my life. I'm looking for blessing. Now, again, blessing and overflow is not always material. It's, it could be spiritual. It could be relational. There could be things in your life. So there's three things then that you need to know. God releases, all right? So when we look at Genesis 1-1, God is releasing his vision on the world and on the earth. God releases and Jesus speaks. 
So the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so in, in the days of old before Jesus, so then the spirit, the spirit would, would rush in with the word. The prophet would rush in with the word. When Jesus walked on the earth, he was the word. He became flesh. And now we have the word, and we also have the word living within us. It's food. When Jesus said, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, he was talking about eating his word. He was talking about engulfing in our words. So I think there's some things in life that you can do as we start a new year. Maybe try to read through the Bible in the year. Maybe if you read three or four chapters every day, you can go to the Grace app and you can listen to it. If you're not a reader, you can read it in you know 30 days or 90 days, 180 days, 365 days. I would say start somewhere, even if it's a chapter just read a chapter a day. If it's a whole book, if it's just a verse or two that the Lord ministers to you, if it's a psalm or a proverb, start reading God's word. We'll talk more about that in a little bit, but but understand this overflow. And so the, God releases, the Lord speaks, Jesus speaks, and then the Holy Spirit shifts things. So in overflow, he can reposition you from here to here without you even knowing it because he's getting you underneath the, the, the water faucet, right? He's getting you in a place where he can bless you. So sometimes we look at a setback and God look as, looks at it as a setup. So we don't know, we don't like what happened, but God was simply just setting us up for a blessing of overflow. It's like a slingshot. If you put a pebble or a rock in a slingshot and you don't pull it back, it's not going to go anywhere. But the further you throw, pull it back, the further that, that pebble or that rock's going to, going to fly. Sometimes God has to pull us back. An intention we don't like, it's hurting us, it's hurting us, and then he lets it go and we, we fly into an overflow. So we're going to talk about these things three things at first. And then when we have time next week, we'll talk about some realignments and some momentum that, that I believe is taking place in the overflow. But let's talk about God releasing. What does he release? Well, one thing it releases is wisdom. James says, if we can ask for wisdom, God will give it to us liberally. And so for us to understand overflow needs to understand that we need wisdom. God, would you give me, would you fill me full of wisdom? This is something that every follower can ask for. Like uh, we know this, he that winneth souls is wise. And so if you become evangelistic, if you, uh, if you teach people or lead people to Jesus, and by the way, it's Jesus who does the salvation by the power of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of God, right? And so we technically don't save anybody, but we can show them Jesus. And the best way to show a friend a friend is to be a friend, a loving friend, not someone, again, that we, we bash him. But so ask for wisdom. If you need wisdom in a relationship, if you need wisdom in your business, if you need wisdom in uh, a restoration project, if you need wisdom in your finances, uh, you have the ability and the right to ask God for wisdom in your life. And James says he'll give you over and above. And James was Jesus's brother. So he knows firsthand, right? He was the leader of the church, of the New Testament church. Ask for wisdom in your situation. Maybe you're starting a new job, a new endeavor. Maybe you're starting a, a you know, a, a new ministry, or maybe you're starting, a, you know, a new uh, class in school. Ask the Lord for wisdom and he will give it to you. I would tell you this over 45 years, I've asked the Lord for wisdom. Janie and I had kids early on and uh, we weren't the smartest people in the world. At least I wasn't. And so I'd pray wisdom for my wife. Raise those kids, baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have no idea what, what I'm doing, so I, I hope you do. And uh, her and, was it Dr. Spock? <laughs> Benjamin Spock raised our kids. No, the Holy Spirit did through my wife, and she and, she and he did a great job. Uh, wisdom will prevail, and God's not, listen, he's got wisdom for everybody, right? He'll give you wisdom. Wisdom is the female side. It's the producer. If the Trinity had a female side, let's not get gender specific for a second, but if the, if the Trinity had a female side, it would be wisdom. Wisdom was there in the beginning. Whenever the scripture talks about wisdom, it talks about her. She's the producer. Look for her. Look for wisdom. We know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there's a, there's a female trait because of the produce. So when you ask for wisdom, you're asking for God to produce overflow in your life. And that's a really important trait to have because God didn't save us just for us to sit on our hands. God saved us so that we could tell people about Jesus, show them the love of Jesus, and bring them to Jesus so Jesus can change each and every one of us that need changing. Another thing God releases is discernment, all right? Discernment sometimes comes with experience. Discernment can be a gift of the Holy Spirit, but God releases discernment. So discernment is that decision-making process. As we step into a new year, maybe you need to decide on something big. Do I save money? Do I buy a house? Do I buy a car? Do I invest? Do I, do I sit tight? Do I take this class? Do I take another job? Do I get married? Do I do, do all these? What do I? God will give you discernment. if you. He's releasing discernment into the atmosphere, and there's an overflow where discernment blesses God. God's people is where God's people operate in discernment to bless the kingdom of God. And so you say you're evangelizing to somebody, you're sharing with somebody, you're ministering to somebody. Maybe you have a family member or a friend or, you know, our small group, Jenny and my small group that we meet in different seasons in our, in our uh, certain season uh, in the fall, we had people every now and then would bring out some snacks and treats and, and, uh, and you could see, uh, wasn't the food as good as the food was, it was the community effort. It was the people coming together and breaking bread together. There's a certain discernment there that all of a sudden then we were praying for this man's wife who was battling cancer. We were praying for this person's son. We were praying for this person. And there's there's discernment. The Holy Spirit would just drop that in our spirit. And as we were ministering as a group, not just one person, but as a group, you could sense this discernment taking place. God has discernment for everybody. Maybe you're a teacher. We have a lot of teachers in our church. Maybe you're a teacher in a, a classroom and you have some unruly kids uh, and you need discernment. You need the power of the Holy Spirit just to give you discernment. God is releasing discernment in 2024. The one last thing that the Lord, I feel like, is releasing is direction. Some of you need to know what direction to go, literally. Like, hey, where, where do I need to go? What's my next level? Forget five years. Some people don't know where they're going to be in five minutes or five days. And I'm, and I'm not, I mean, that, that's, that's okay. That, that's okay. Listen, some of, some of our millennials and some of our, is it Zs underneath that? They don't like to call Zs. They change it to As. So some of our As below the millennials they're like, I, I don't know for sure. Don't put that pressure on yourself. You don't have to declare for a major just yet. No 18, 19-year-old needs to know what they're doing the rest of their life. Can I empower you for a second? Pray about it. Ask for wisdom. 
Ask God to show you. Some people in their 70s don't know for sure what they're going to do five years from now. Don't worry about it. You don't have to allow what the world is telling you to understand what the Bible will show you. Jesus said himself, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have enough anxiety for itself. Just work on today. Be the best you you can be today. The direction, according to Jesus, will take care of itself. Prophetic significance is being released in 2024. What does that mean? Again, as faithful as you are to the house of the Lord, you'll hear a prophetic word every week that may not come from the pulpit. It may come from worship. It may come from praise. It may come from someone you're talking to in the coffee shop. It may come from you being... Uh, being met by a greeter who says, man, you look good. And it might just be the word that you need to hear. Someone might pat you on the back or give you a high five. There's a prophetic significance that's taking place as we become faithful to the house of the Lord, as we come faithfully and we attend, as we open our Bibles and we read and we understand there's direction in everything that we do. I, I, um, we have one of those Alexa's at our house, you know, and uh, so I'll say Alexa. I tell my wife sometimes she mumbles and she doesn't believe me, and so Alexa, she'll ask Alexa something, and Alexa doesn't respond, and so I'll ask Alexa, and she'll say, good afternoon, Mark. <laughs> Alexa, what's the weather like today? And she gives me a weather rundown, and she wants to, do you want, to, you want this news report? And I'll say no. Alexa, play me some Christmas music. And she'll play Christmas music. It's quite funny on how we can listen to people that are artificial. Give us directions through our phone. But we don't trust God to give us directions through his word. And I'm asking you in 2024, would you allow God to give you directions through his word? Would you allow God to give you directions through his Holy Spirit? Would you allow God who walked on this earth through his son, Jesus Christ, and knows everything you're going through. No temptation was uncommon to him, by the way, that you would already go through. Lord, would you make a way out of this, according to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, where there seems to be no way. Lord, would you, would you make a way out for me? He gives us that, that direction. Number two, the Lord is speaking. He's speaking overflow. There's fresh vision and realignment. Well, well, how, do we, how do we see fresh vision? This way, through his word. I've, I beat that up a little bit already, but through his word. Read the Bible. Read, read his word. Don't start in Leviticus. Don't, you don't have to read Obadiah. You can start in John. You can start in Matthew. You start in Romans. So read Galatians or, or Philippians or Philemon. Read, read a New Testament letter that Paul wrote to, to, to people while he was in prison. Read, read some, stay away from Revelations for a while. You don't need to know when Jesus is coming back. You just need to know Jesus. Too many of us want to find out when Jesus is coming back. We don't even know Jesus yet. Learn about Jesus. Learn about his love. Read John. Uh, just read the love that John has for Jesus and the love that he shares with us. But read his word. That will give you fresh vision. Read Proverbs. Read Solomon. Read, uh, read Psalms. Read, read what David writes. David is as messed up as anybody in this place. Yet he was a man after God's own heart, according to Acts 13 and 25. How can that be? Because God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outside and says, man, you are jacked up. God looks at the heart and says, man, I love you. Stay just the way you are. Let me just, let me work, work with you and let's work things through. He works through dreams. 
So he works through his word. He works through dreams. I was reading this uh, this weekend, uh, my new Bible app. Uh, I, I always got to start little things a little bit early. So I started my read through the Bible yesterday or two days ago. I cheated a little bit, started early. And, um, and it had me read Matthew 1 and 2. Do you know in Matthew, uh, Joseph has four different dreams? Like I always thought he had two dreams. You know, the other two dreams kind of escaped me. But God works through dreams. Uh, God will give you a dream about, so he's given me dreams about my daughter, Jill. He's given me dreams about my son, Andrew. He's given me dreams about Jane. He's given me dreams about our church. And sometimes they were like warning type dreams. And sometimes they're like overflow dreams. But God will give you dreams. He works through dreams. And dreams should be more of a confirmation. They're not like, if you're not, you know, you don't go head over heels over a dream. But sit on that dream. And God gives you a dream of a, a business, or God gives you a dream of a venture. God gives you a dream of maybe some improvement in your, in your daily walk. Then know that that's from God. You know, the enemy probably can give you some dreams too, but God's dreams will always override. And then prophetic voices. This is, again, why it's important to come on a weekly basis to the house of the Lord. We can run anywhere we want. You know, if you want an answer from somebody, if you talk to enough people, you'll get the answer you want. You, that's, that's a proven fact. Like someone tells you, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, do that. And this guy says, yeah, I think that's okay. You should do that. All of a sudden that person is like, yeah, that's what I'm listening to. The other 22 said no, but you're going to listen to the one yes. This is why it's important to have a house of believers, a community of believers, and everybody's hearing the same thing each and every week because then it becomes a prophetic voice. And again, it doesn't necessarily come always from who's ever speaking at the pulpit. It can come through the music. It can come through uh, a leader in the church. It can come through a greeter or somebody in the nursery. But there's prophetic voices taking place, and we, if we draw near to God, then a transformation will unfold. How, how do we draw near to God? Let me give you a couple things. One is we... We pray and we fast, which we're going to be doing the month of January. So prayer and fasting draws us closer to God. Praise and worship draws us closer to God. Uh, the reason we have a praise and worship team is not because they're good, and they are very good. Can we give it up for our praise and worship team? I love our praise and worship team. Thank you, praise and worship. Thank you so much, worship. Honestly, we, I think we have one of the best there is ever of all time. That's just me. But listen. Their goal is to lead us into the presence of God. When we get into the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. And so if I'm, if I'm worshiping, and there, you know, there may be a song that maybe you're not in tune with, or I just don't really like that song. You're not worshiping the song or the worship team. You're worshiping God. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's like, well, I'm not going to sing that song. Well, uh, you're not going to take time to worship God. Worship God. And then his presence gives you fullness of joy, and you maybe came in a bad attitude. You leave with the presence of God because you entered into praise and worship. You just got closer to God. It's just like it's a beautiful scenario. David teaches us that. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And again, this is a man after God's own heart. And then there has to be some personal sacrifice. This is why we, this is why we pray and fast in January. And I suggest that maybe you take a day a month uh, during the next year and maybe fast a, a day a week or a day a month. Just maybe fast. But fast with us during uh, our prayer and fasting time because there's got to be some personal sacrifice. Every person in the scriptures that did anything for God gave up something. 
And so in America, sometimes we're a little self-centered, and it's got to always be about us, always be about me. And if it doesn't work for me, then I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to be a part of that. But I don't think that's God's way. Jesus gave up his throne in heaven to come as a little baby in a manger, knowing that he was going to die on a cross for you and for me. That's personal sacrifice. And that's what God wants from us. In fact, Jesus says that he, go, he tells his disciples, go and become martyrs, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the parts of the world and be witnesses for me. Well, that word witness means to be martyrs. You know, not very many people today would sign up if they knew their life was literally at stake. When I preach to the crowds in, in Pakistan via Zoom, uh, they're sitting between two buildings in most villages, and there's a sheet hung up, and they have a little projector projecting my computer screen on their, on their deal. And if they get saved, which most of them do, and they go out and get water baptized, their family shuns them. In fact, some of them risk their life and can die. And so it's not about just getting a church service out of the way. It's about personal sacrifice. So your overflow comes the more you give up. Same with losing weight, say, for instance. If I push away the donuts, if I push away the cookies, if I push away the candies, if I push away the peanut brittle, if I push away everything that I ate in December, if I push it away in January, so I got one more day left, if I push it away, and make personal sacrifices, then maybe my, my body weight will readjust to what it should be. <laughs> There's got to be a personal sacrifice in our spiritual life as well. And then one more, the Holy Spirit is shifting. So how does he shift? Well, he shifts in vision, right? He, he's setting a new threshold for the new year. This is, this is a prophetic word for someone, maybe all of you. This is a new year. This is a new day. There's a new threshold there. You step through. Jesus said, I'm giving you an open door. So if you take the open door, if you step through the threshold, if you look for overflow in your life, it'll start to come to pass. It may not happen on January the 2nd. It may take a while, but you're starting the seed planting. You're starting that vision of a new threshold. There's change. The Lord is removing hindrances. He says in Revelations 3.8, as the worship team comes back, he says in Revelations 3.8, I'm going to open a door, that's threshold, that no one can shut. That's removing hindrances. And so you think that, well, people may, this is dumb, or is this even God, or how am I able to do this, whatever. Don't worry about what people say or think or do. You walk with your walk with the Lord. If he's opened a door, you go through it. He'll remove the hindrances in your life. You know, we're too many times we're people pleasers and not God chasers. And we need to make 2024 a year of chasing after God. God, what do you have for us? What do you have? All right. And then there's a transformation. This is a year, I believe, a divine reset. Hear me on that when I say a divine reset. When you, when you get maybe sometimes in your iPhone or maybe your computer and just gets all kind of crazy and you have to shut it off or unplug it. Sometimes our internet gets crazy. You have to unplug it for 10 seconds, plug it back in, and then it resets. This is a year of reset. So what does that mean? When you, when you look at and listen to too much chatter, you listen to too many voices, too many people saying too many things about all this stuff, you need to just check out for a moment and maybe take our time during prayer and fasting and push the reset button. Lord, why do I love you? Because you saved me. 
What, what have you called me to do? Well, to be a witness or a testimony. Where should I go? Well, pray for direction and leading. Pray for discernment. Make sure that you're praying those things in your life. What college do I go to upon graduation? What classes should I take? What major should I have? Should we have babies? Is it time to get married? All, all these questions that we have, let it be a reset. A lot of good people will have good ideas and intentions in your life, but it's really between you and God in 2024. To get overflow, you have to know that there's a threshold that you're going to pass through, that, the God, that God is already removing hindrances in your life, but that maybe there's a reset that needs to take place in you. Stand with me. Uh, this morning as we get ready to close and sing a song. And that would be my prayer today is that if God is resetting something, maybe he's resetting values. Maybe he's resetting priorities. Maybe he's resetting unconditional love. A lot of us love conditionally. We love if it works good for us. We love if someone acts the way we think they should act or lives the way we think they should live. We love them, but can we love unconditionally? Can we have that reset in 2024 that says, wait a second, yeah, Lord, you use me however you want to use me. I'm an open book. I'm ready for overflow. If you're comfortable doing so, just close your eyes and raise your hands for a moment. And I want to pray for you. And then as we, as we sing this last song, here's what I'd like you to do. If you need to reset, just ask the Lord to reset you, to, to know that all old things are passed away. All new things have come. He's doing a new thing in your life right now. He's opening a door for you. He knows you're weak, but it's not by your strength. It's by his strength. He wants you to cross over to that threshold right now. He wants you to start those things very brand new today, and he'll remove the hindrances. You don't have to. He'll re he's already removing them right now, and he's, he wants you to call upon him. So, Father, as we pray today, we, we know Lord, that you've opened that door. We know that nobody can close it. We know overflow is here for us. So we pray overflow for your spirit, overflow of your love, overflow of your mercy and your grace, overflow of your forgiveness in everything in our life, everything we do. Lord, let it overflow that way we do that to others. We love unconditionally. We love with mercy and grace. We love with peace and forgiveness. Lord, help us to walk through this overflow with everything. And Lord, those you're giving direction to right now, please remove the hindrances in their life. Lord, give them that direction, discernment, and wisdom to know the truth through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together.
How many of you want God just to fill you up to overflowing this morning? Amen. You're saying, God, I just receive everything that you have. And we just believe that God is going to do such an amazing work in your life that everything that was accomplished this year in 2023, we're just excited for all the goodness, right? We're excited for all that God has accomplished and allowed us to see. But as we look forward going into the next year, why don't we leave behind everything? The Bible says to throw off everything that so easily entangles us, right? We're just going to say, you know what, all those things that were stopping us, maybe it's fear, maybe it's shame, maybe it's doubt and unbelief. Maybe there's something sinful that you had in your life this year and you could say, you know what, you don't need to wait for a new year. We've got a couple hours left of this one. So why don't we just go ahead and use that as an opportunity to say, you know what, I am, I am dead to the flesh and I'm alive in Christ Jesus. I'm gonna leave all the stuff that I don't want right here in 2023 and I'm alive in Christ moving forward to the next year. How many of you received that today? God is a good God. And we are just going to believe in him for the greatest things that he has in store for us. What a better day to have faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So what I'm just going to put a blessing on you today. And I just want you to receive this from the Lord. And as you ponder in your heart and just go to God, just ask him for those things that you need in this moment and surrender your life to him. I'm going to put that same prayer on you, a blessing that the Lord gave to Moses, to give to Abraham and to Israel. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we just command every spirit of fear, every doubt and unbelief, every spirit of pride and, and uh, stinginess to be gone in Jesus' name. And we, re we release generosity and love and a hope and faith in this year. Lord, every sinful thing, God, we just every uh, and thing that would entangle us and ensnare us, even relationships that are holding us back from the goodness of God, we just put those things back in this year and we walk forward into the next year. Father God, into the next day, even as we walk out of this room, Lord, we're walking out of here new in Christ Jesus. I bless these people in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. See you next year. Happy New Year.